0: Insane not or. Welcome to episode 211 of Cincinnati, the Bengals UK podcast. My name is Paul Hirons. We are recording this with nine days to go from the draft. It is uh, fast approaching and uh, in in, uh, keeping with what we do every uh, year, uh, we're going to continue our draft chat and we have the brilliant Dave Lapham. Lapham coming up uh, in a little while. i have got 35 minutes with Big Dave and as ever he uh, produces some fantastic insights. But with me to discuss the comers and goes, there's a bit of news to get through. It's Nathan Palmer. Hello Nathan.
1: Hello my son. It's a pleasure to be with you tonight as draft eve approaches. We're getting there and we're about just over a week now um, until we will know more.
0: Indeed. It was your birthday yesterday wasn't it so happy birthday
1: thank you very much
0: 40 the big four zero. how are you <laughs> feeling
1: nathan <laughs> i feel 40 after last night i tell you but uh, uh
0: what did you get up to come on
1: yeah oh, i've been on the uh singapore slings
0: what a surprise what is it with these singapore slings
1: man they are your last night as well uh, um but yeah no feeling feeling good my son actually you know 33 it's
0: not a bad age you, you know still still just about just yeah good good yeah oh, you'll you'll figure it out Nathan it'll all be downhill when when you reach a, reach a certain age my age actually but um I did try to get you a present but apparently when I w- tried to wanted to deliver it to you you're away every weekend from now until god knows when so um i don't know i don't think i'm going
1: to get you a present deliver it the weekend
0: yeah, because, like, you're not you're away at the office during the week, aren't you?
1: Yeah, Rosie's at home, though. <laughs> is she? Is she? This is separate to uh, the podcast, but, yeah, if you'd like to if you'd like to send it during the week.
0: Oh, I'll get on it then. Okay, cool. I'll do that then. Right, uh, drafty, wafty coming up in a little bit, uh, but some news. Bengals, re-sign- well, because we're kind of not pushed for time, I like to keep things around an hour. Um, uh. I'm looking for some one-sentence takes from you, Nathan, uh, about the news. You ready? Yeah. We're also going to play the name game uh, this evening, dear listeners. So I know that's something uh, Nathan and I look forward to. Uh, Perhaps you do too, but we're going to be playing that after uh, Dave comes on and imparts his uh, big man wisdom. Um, So the boys are back in the building. Exciting. There you go. That's all that needs to be said. It is exciting, isn't it? Yeah, they're in for workouts. Good to see DJ Reader uh, throwing the first pitch at Great American Ballpark uh, before a Reds game. BJ Hill taking photographs. Uh, The guys are working out. Irv Smith. Let's get to Irv Smith. Zach Taylor says that he fully expects Irv Smith to do a Hayden Hurst this year and be starting tight end for the Bengals. Go. Go.
1: Slightly surprising, bit nervous. Yeah, I think so. And that,
0: of course, doesn't reference Irv's character. He seems like a really good dude. Yeah,
1: he and does seem like a great geezer, to be fair.
0: Yeah, he does, doesn't he? And uh, certainly his talent. He's got second-round talent. He's really great, uh, you know, catching.
1: Uh, really, He's only 24, isn't he?
0: Yes, that's right. So everything is stacked in his favour. He's a really great, great pass-catching tight end. He's got some speed to him. Um, there's no reason why he shouldn't be Hayden Hurst this year, but it's his injuries, isn't it? That's the, that's the problem. Yeah. Uh, and staying in the tight end room, uh, the Bengals sign, re-sign, I should say, Drew Sample for a on a one-year deal.
1: Solid enough.
0: Yeah, I agree. I I wasn't surprised by this. I was expecting them to sign either Wilcox or Sample to a one-year deal. And of course, sample does offer a bit of versatility. They they often line him up in the backfield as a kind of half back, full back type of guy. I've got no problem with it whatsoever. I think it's it's shrewd and um a solid bit of business.
1: And he's a good blocker, isn't he? And he's, he's seen, we've had him on the podcast before. He's a lovely geezer. I think he struggled with injury last year, so he didn't get much much action on the field. He's got a good relationship with Joe Burrow as well, isn't he? I know the two yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah season together and stuff so yeah i mean i think from a depth perspective if you got irv smith there you got drew sample there you've got assy knocking around and then you know hopefully they take a tight end in the first couple of rounds and you'd probably say it's a pretty good room
0: yes i mean it's gone from a pretty bare cupboard to fairly nicely stacked really i think certainly after the draft we'll see um some sad news the former bengal's Defensive end Chris Smith passed away, only age 31. Really sad, tragic news. We don't know what happened yet, but we of course send lots of love and condolence to his his friends and family, and of course former teammates. um Yeah, really sad news.
1: at the Bengals. I mean, a lot like you said before the podcast. A lot of people wanted him back um, after that year, but he moved on to the Browns. But he was a yeah, he was a very, very good player in his time here. And awful news um, on Tuesday evening.
0: Yeah, really awful news. Um, right, let's switch gear a little bit. Um, Draft wise, uh, I mean, I'm still, I'm still Nathan, umming and airing, and you know, I'm, I'm kind of going from offensive lineman in the first round to defensive lineman to cornerback to. There's a bunch of tight ends there. Where do we? You know, it's it's. I'm still, I'm still um, trying to figure it out. They could go in so many different ways. Where are you with with the draft at this moment? With nine days to go, uh, as we record this, where where are you uh, with this draft business?
1: I want by Jim Robinson. I've been reading about him. I've been watching him. I've been hearing about him, and I like him a lot. I just think he's probably a top almost certainly a top 10 player talent wise in this draft i think he'd almost he'd give that offense an extra gear i think and they have struggled at times the offense as good as the names are and the excitement and joe boy and chase and everyone there i just think upgrading the running back position someone who's going to carry in the ball 15 20 times a game. Um, ideally, I think just to upgrade that position with one of the best talents in the draft would be fantastic. It give you three, four years of elite production. I think, um, and I think it's an, it would be a fairly safe choice in terms of what you get out of him. What I think they're going to do though is I, and I said this before, and I, the more I sort of read about it, the more I think about it. I think they're going to go cornerback. Um, and I don't think it'd be a bad move. You know, we talked about it before last week, about Lou being a guy that, you know, enjoys working with cornerbacks, got a lot of experience in that. They obviously haven't re-signed Eli Apple. Um, there's a couple of contracts coming up in the secondary. I, I, they, they've they got a big history of drafting players in that position. There'll be a lot of guys in and around that slot that would make a lot of sense for them. Um I yeah I don't think they'll go offensive line. I think they put a lot of money and effort into that in their mind this you know this off season. Um, but I think cornerback it probably stands out to me at this moment in time in terms of what I think they'll do.
0: Um, well, next week when we have Joe Gabriel on, I'm going to going to set you some what Joe talks. I'm going to set you some homework. You've got to come up with five players, and I'll do the same. Five players that you want to see the Bengals draft. In the first or second round, I think that's fair enough, isn't it? And then five players who you think the Bengals will draft in the first or second round. How about that? Yeah, perfect. Okay, Vontez, perfect. Um, Yeah, I know what you mean about cornerbacks, and there's a few knocking around. Certainly in those first and second rounds, Emmanuel Forbes has been linked quite heavily to the Bengals. Um, There are worries about his wiry frame and whether physically he can hack it in the NFL but there are also some pictures in uh, that have been knocking around that he's really been beefing up in this off season and he kind of needs to uh, but what Emmanuel Forbes is as far as I can see and as far as I've read and watched he is a real ball hawk he is a real turnover machine and that whenever you get a cornerback like that uh, I think um yeah, I think that that that'll be uh, that, that's quite enticing. Sagan,
1: he's rapid as well. The geezer, isn't he?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And um, they like long, fast corners, and Emmanuel Forbes absolutely hits out or ticks all those boxes. Really, I think. And um, Deontay Banks as well. Whether he lasts or gets to twenty-eight, who knows? Uh, You've got Kelly Ringo as well. And Cam Smith I quite like. Um, And then you've got people... I actually really like DJ Turner from Michigan. Um, So there's a few knocking around those first and second rounds. And um, uh, I think it'll be interesting. People might say, well, why, why are we going over a cornerback? We've got Cheeto should be back. That's another thing that came out from yesterday's first day back for the guys Cheeto was interviewed and he says his recuperation from his torn ACL is coming along really well and he should all being well be ready for camp and uh, that'll be fantastic so Cheeto and CTB are your starters Sydney Jones was was signed in the off season, in the kind of Eli Apple role if you like we've got Alan George and, of course, Mike Hilton in the slot with Jalen Davis backing him up. Alan George and I think Chris Lammons is still on the the roster, although he's got some off-the-field problems. I'm not quite sure where that's at. Uh, if you remember, the Bengals signed Chris Lammons right before the AFC Championship game from the Chiefs, uh, which was kind of a... I don't know, that was kind of a... Uh, Quite a good bit of business, really, but you know he's he's in that room. I think there is one more room. There is room for one more. Such a premium position, and of course Cheeto, you know, is out of contract at the end of this season. So with all these offensive contracts coming up, your T Higgins, your Joe Burrows, your Jamar Chase, etc., etc. We're going to have to start recycling the defense a little bit. And uh, as much as everyone loves Cheeto, and I think he's He's done fantastic since he's been here. Um, We might have to look at a replacement. So, um, yeah, I wouldn't be against uh, drafting a cornerback in the first or second rounds, that's for sure. Um, You mentioned tight ends. Are you still excited by the tight end group?
1: Oh, absolutely. You know, absolutely. Also,
0: when I say group, I mean the tight end class in this year's draft. That's what I mean.
1: Yeah, no, I, th- I think it's very, very exciting. I mean, there's quite a few guys. It, 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 I think the interesting thing with the tight end is like how deep it'll go. You've got a lot of those guys that you sort of you think, oh, could we could we sneak them in the second round or later, like Sam Laporta, Musgrave, and, you know, Darnell Washington. I know Dave Latham's a big fan of Darnell Washington. But, you know, you don't necessarily need to go first round there. But then if you do, you know, if Dalton Kincaid's there, I think he's been cleared, hasn't he, with his back injury. I mean, he'd be yeah. extremely exciting. <laughs> um and Michael Meyer as well like your mayor i don't know which how which way you pronounce it but he's uh, you know big guy he's been mocked to us on a lot of um you know a lot of different um draft sites he was the pff number 1 titan in the nation last year with a 92.5 grade which is pretty mental isn't it so um he's also young he's 21 and a half the geezer you know what i mean yeah, so yeah that's 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 really enticing isn't it um so, I mean, yeah, I, I, I'd be very, very excited with any of these guys, to be honest with you. Um, but I do hope for the Bengals that they do address the tight end position in the first two rounds. I think if you leave it a bit later than that, it starts getting a little bit thinner. And, you know, you are then relying quite heavily on Irv Smith um, to be healthy and to be productive, which, you know, there's a lot of promise and people, you know, are very hopeful for him. But, you know, the reality is, it's difficult with injuries. You can never predict them. You know, you could also never predict, you know, it'd be great if he does have a Haydenhurst-type season or better or, you know, something to that degree. But at the same time, you know, you want a bit of a longer-term solution there, someone with potentially more upside um and again you know you talk about you know i was saying about by robinson and you know giving that offense an extra um an extra gear i mean you'd be doing that i think by going out there and getting a good tight end you know joe burrow likes throwing to a tight end he'd like to do it at lsu he's made the most of it in his time here i think if you had a real weapon there that upgraded the position from what we've seen and you know hayden has a good tight end but that's not get carried away he's pretty bang average in terms of talent across the league, if not slightly below average, possibly, if that's being maybe a bit harsh. Um, There's some fantastic tight ends around the NFL. So if we could upgrade that position and get someone that could come in, I'm not saying you're going to get a Travis Kelsey-type character, you know, he's an all-generation-type character, but if you could get someone that really was a threat, middle of the field, good blocker, big guy that you could target in the red zone, I think everyone would be very excited about that. And like I said, it, it just sort of helps in the arm race um with us versus kansas city versus versus buffalo
0: well yeah exactly that's another reason why a cornerback let's just go back to cornerback that's a re- another reason why a cornerback should be considered just because of the way the nfl's going just because of our main rivals are the nfc you get you know people like baltimore and now the steelers with alan robinson quite possibly um they're stocking up on receivers they're finally coming around to the idea that hey we've got a this is a passing league and we've got to go airborne here so i don't think there's any problem with having um you know uh, as many cornerbacks as you can and the tight end room it's important to remember i think um i d- i think from everything that you read in here that this is a very deep tight end class and of course there there's lots of different types here you look at michael mayer you know it's like um, he seems to be a very sort of complete guy he can block he can catch he's very reliable so I read somewhere on Twitter the other day he's like the most archetypal Dallas tight end you've ever seen and that means something like a Jason Witten Uh, you know and if that's the case then he'll have a very good career I think
1: someone said didn't they the Cowboys were like there'd been a few murmurs around the league that if he's there when they drop pick him so that's for us, you know, slightly concerning as to if he'd actually make it to us um, at the back end of the first round.
0: Darnell, Washington, is just an enormous man. He's six foot seven, two sixty-four pounds. I mean, that's my sort of height and weight, to be honest with you. Certainly the weight, but um, yeah, I mean, he's more of a blocker and less of a receiving tight end. But you've got to think someone at six foot seven has got the potential to be a real mismatch nightmare down in the red zone. Um, and then you've got Dalton Kincaid, you know, 6-4, much more of a pass-catching catching tight end. But the important thing, I think, to remember, to remember, and the Bengals will be thinking and discussing this, is who fits best in our scheme. They they go 11 personnel, one tight end, one running back, 80-odd 80, 80 percent of the time last season. So you you want to look at how they use tight ends, um, and I, I yeah but then someone like Darnell Washington is, as a lot of people say he he's going to be like an extra offensive lineman you know and that's really enticing so really it's down to the Bengals and who they think will will fit um, their scheme the best I guess you know uh, running backs you mentioned you're in love with Bijan like most people are I like Charbonnet there's Jemai Gibbs goodness me I will say this about the running back class it I did select Bijan in the in a mock draft I did and it goes against my principles I don't like drafting running backs in the first round I really don't I, I think there's for me looking at this class I think the sweet spot for a running back is round three or four, I have to say. Like a
1: Dwayne McBride character.
0: Yeah, Rashawn Johnson maybe. Um, those sort of guys. You've got some smaller guys. You've got some bigger guys, you know. Um, I think it's a pretty deep um, pretty deep class. You know, I like Charbonnet, but he'll be a second rounder. Uh, you've got Dwayne McBride. As you say, Tank Bigsby. Uh, Zach Evans I, I quite like. Rashawn Johnson, you know, Mitch Miller, Mitchell, you know there's loads of them. Kenny McIntosh is a great
1: Mitchell if you want the speed would be I mean if you it, it depends the thing is I think what you think with a running back is you've lost P Ryan who was more of a bell cow. Yeah, yeah. And I think the problem now is you don't know who's going to be your backup or your, you know, your second running back. Is it going to be Joe Mixon pairing with one of these guys, or is it going to be someone else? It could be Travion Williams. So it, that's something to think about, just in terms of you know, pairing the right two. If you've got a faster guy, you know, maybe then you go for someone a bit of a bigger unit or, you know, vice versa. If you think you've got, you know, the big stronger back in someone like Joe Mixon, maybe you do go out there and go for a bit, more of a, a bit more of a speedster, someone that can be used in the passing game a bit more. You know, you've also got to think about you know the blocking for a running back—that's never been a massive uh, strong um, point for Joe Mixon. Uh, I'd say P. Ryan was slightly better in that regard. Oh, so- he
0: was—he re- was good. He was a good pass blocker. Yeah, I mean, he, I mean that—that's what they—you know—do you go for a bigger back? You know, a six-foot plus back with a bit of bulk to him. You know, um, uh, but and then you know someone like a Kenny McIntosh, someone like a Dwayne McBride, someone like a Rashawn Johnson. And then you get the slightly smaller guys like Eric Gray, who is electric, and I I actually really like Eric Gray, and he runs hard and yeah he's he's one to watch actually in the, those four. So what I'm saying is I think the sweet spot for running, running back is rounds three and four. You've got also uh, Israel Abinakanda that uh, a lot of people have been talking about, quick, tough, um, yeah. So then, again. That's what I mean. There's a lot of good running backs there, or potentially good running backs. Do you want to spend a first-round pick on a running back? I'm not sure. Um, in fact, I I know I'm not sure. Um,
1: but do you think with, with Robinson though, like if he's a top ten talent in the in the draft, you know, you take positional value out of it. If he's on pure talent base, he's one of the best. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, for sure. If 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 he's there at twenty eight. The, you know, it's kind of like you've got to you've got to take him, right? You have to.
1: The thing with running backs as well. I mean, you think with Robinson, the first thing is he's only literally just turned twenty-one. He's one of the youngest people in the draft, twenty-one point two. Gibbs is twenty-one point zero. So in terms of like, you know, they've they've got years of production in them. Now the running back position is devalued because people don't last very long. I mean, we're talking about Joe Mixon on about I think he's been here this for sort of five six years, and we're talking like he's you know at the end of his his sort of life cycle. Same with. Um, you know Ezekiel. After a couple of years, the running back position really does sort of fall off. Only the real elite running backs can sort of keep it going and produce for for year after year. But the thing for the Bengals, you've got to think short term a bit here. You know, if you could get Robinson in, or even Gibbs potentially, if you want the speed, if you get the pair of them in, or sorry, one of them in that potentially gets you over the edge for the next two or three years. Even if Robinson falls off a cliff after four or five years and you know, you've know got a rebuild at that point, who cares? You know, I think in terms of you know production now, I think you'll see more out of someone like him coming in in the first year or two when you've got this window with Joe Burrow and Chase and Higgins and all of those players on the same team, which might not always be the case in the future with all the extensions coming up. I just think that that really could impact the offense right this second now, you know, you go other positions like cornerback, offensive tackle, you know, I think where we're picking in the first round, you're going to be looking at, you know, year two, year three before you get the best from some of those guys. And I just think we're in win now mode. That is a clear upgrade, I think, if you get Robinson in Um And he'd be productive immediately. You'd hand him the ball first game of the season and say, you know, good luck, son, off you go. And I think he'd do a very good job and it would be very exciting as a fan. And, you know, like I said about the arms race in the AFC, I mean, there's some elite talent knocking around, you know, in the passing games and the running games. And, you know, we've got to keep pace and keep tooling up.
0: No, it's a sound argument. Uh, I don't know where they're going to go. But at the end of... uh episode 210 we left you guys with a bit of a cliffhanger and i revealed well I, I i said that i would reveal sorry uh who i would be starting with at right tackle um come opening oh, day sad.
1: you left us on that cliffhanger so i'm glad you're getting to it now <laughs> i
0: still don't know to be fair but I w- i'm going to take a stab at it right if we don't draft darnell right in the first round I'm going to say Jackson Carmen will be the starting right tackle on opening day next year. Wow. Because I don't think Leal Collins will be ready. I think Joni Williams will uh, will be gone. Um, and I think it will be a case of either Jackson Carman, uh or a rookie. And I'm hoping that rookie will be Darnell Wright. I'm still unconvinced by Darwin Jones but I'm I'm almost getting there with him. So that could be a potential second day pick or round 2 pick, I should say. But yeah, I'm not many people like it, but I'm going to go, I'm going to stick my neck out and say Jackson Carmen will be starting right tackle for the Bengals in week 1.
1: Wow, that's is interesting. Isn't it? I not know.
0: I'm not saying I love, I'm not saying I love it, but I'm just saying I think that's what might happen
1: how about okay. he is with Jackson Carmen. I mean if the geezer he's, he's shown flashes and he was obviously a second round pick the Bengals clearly liked him a lot they went and got him in the second round where a lot of people thought it was a bit of a reach with other guys available but you know it'd be great for the team um, oh
0: yeah yeah for sure so, you know I mean and, and, report, and also there's reports that he's come back into to workouts looking, looking fit as a fiddle so he's obviously yeah. I think the penny's starting to drop with him uh, in terms of attitude and approach and um certainly his approach to how he takes care of himself and his mindset he knows what it takes now uh, we've said it before on this podcast it takes different players a different amount of time for the penny to drop uh, about you know about what it means to be an NFL player how you look after yourself how nutrition working out um your mindset what uh, what you need to be an NFL player what kind of um, emotional fortitude you need to be an NFL player. Do you know what I mean? All those sort of things rolled into one. And I, I don't know. I, I mean, he showed signs of it at the end of last season. He came from nowhere after being out in the cold to playing in the cold. <laughs> Do you see that? That was a good segue. Um, and uh, and he did well. He did fairly well. And he wasn't the problem against Kansas City. It was Sharping and Adenerji, I hate to say, and... Um, um so yeah um I think until Collins gets back who knows when that'll be I think that I mean I think they will draft an offensive lineman at some point but I don't if they don't go for someone like Darnell Wright in the first round then um I think it might be a bit lower down uh you know rounds five six or even seven who knows but um but yeah, Jackson, calm for me. Anyway, right? Uh, should we shut up for a while and bring Dave in? Go and get yourself a cup of tea because this goes on for about thirty-five minutes. Relax and listen to Dave because he's brilliant. Cincinnati. And as promised, it's a annual chitter chatter with the legend, an AFC champion, a Bengal for more years than he would probably like to admit. <laughs> and the only broadcaster who shouted "balls out, balls out" to a glo- repeatedly uh, <laughs> to a global radio audience—it is, of course, the brilliant Dave Lapham.
2: Lap, welcome back to Cincinnati. Uh, how you doing, Paul? I'm doing well. Great to see you. Great to hear your voice. Really appreciate the opportunity to visit, sir.
0: Now we always get you on around draft time because. Well, I, I guess it's like, I don't know, four years or four or five years that we've done this now, and you you all really provide some great uh, insight. And, of course, you do your own podcast now in the trenches with Dave Lappin, yep. and um, people should, if they don't, for some weird reason, they should listen to that. You are as relentless as a podcaster as you were as a player, Dave, I have to say. <laughs> You knock those bad boys out like once, twice, three times a week. It's some, it's incredible stuff. But you've had everyone from Jick Tobin to Mike Potts to, to I mean, I, you know, I think you had Eric Thomas on last week, who's yes. the, who was the who was the Pro Bowl cornerback in the 88-89 Super Bowl team. Great fella. What have you learned over the, talking to all these higher ups, all these people that I want on this podcast, but you get them first. But I'm not bitter about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, what have you learned by taking by talking to these people do you think
2: you know i i think it's going to be uh an interesting draft paul and that the Bengals. the last few years they've done this and this year no exception they don't have a glaring hole you know i mean they've uh they've taken care of things like you know you thought oh boy the tight end is that's i think they, they gotta grab draft the tight end well, they signed Earl Smith Jr. They re-signed Drew Sample for a year. Both of those guys to one-year contracts. Now they're staffed back up at the tight end position. They, they, you know, they had three guys on the roster, not very much playing time, experience, but now they've got guys that do. I'm not saying they won't address the position in the draft, but honestly, Paul, it would not shock me if they don't draft a tight end this year. Wouldn't shock me um, because they play this team still has the best three wideout package in the NFL. So with that, you're going to run a lot of a lot of eleven personnel, one tight end and a running back and three wides. You don't need, you know, multiple tight ends. You know, it's it's not it's not a huge position that that gets a, a a ton of snaps in their offensive schematic and configuration. Now, after this year, if they lose one of those receivers, maybe you'll go more to tight end packages, um, and the percentages might shift a little bit, and. Maybe you do draft a tight end, uh, getting ready for that to be the case. Just like they drafted two safeties last year, knowing they were going to lose Jesse Bates more than likely in free agency. They not only lost Jesse Bates, they lost Von Bell, but they they signed a, a a safety in free agency, and they they drafted two in the prior year's draft, and they they signed Nick Scott from the Rams in free agency. So it's interesting. I think Paul they put themselves in a situation where. From a personnel standpoint, with free agency signings the last few years, they are now drafting for like 2024, 2025. It's not mm. necessarily drafting for 2023. It's mm. it's more of a, a, a long term, you know, in the future kind of picture. And that's why they will still draft tight ends. They will still draft a running back. They will. But in my opinion, they've they put themselves in a, in a scenario just like they have the last few years where depending on where the run happens with players, they'll take the best available player. You know, if if there's been a run at the tight end position and there's the third offensive tackle on their board, is there at number 28, they're going to take them. If the fourth corner is there on their board, they're going to take them if there's been a run at other positions. And they're, the, the, they have, you know, their top 50 board, which is all players they take every position uh, group and they have the top 10 players at every position, but then they'll say, all right, well, where is the fourth rated tackle offensive tackle on our top 50 chart? Well, that fourth rated offensive tackle is the 22nd player on our board, on the big board. So it doesn't matter what position, the top 50 players in the draft. And that's the one they're going to be looking at as well as by position to look at the big board. Okay. What, who slid? There's always somebody that didn't get picked and will be there at 28, and you don't know who that will be. They, they had no intention of drafting Dax Hill last year. They didn't think he'd be there. There he was. So it's yeah. going to be very interesting. I, it would not shock me if they take a corner, if they take an offensive tackle. Um, I'm not sure, you know, people think, oh, they're going to draft a tight end. I'm not sure they take one in the first round. Like I said, uh, it wouldn't stun me if they didn't take one in the draft, I'm expecting they will. They got seven picks. They'll take one at, at someplace. But I don't think it's going to be necessarily as high as people expect. We'll see. And uh, you you
0: mentioned tight ends. Um, and you, you're right. They've From from a pretty bare cupboard, right, they've suddenly restocked. So it takes the pressure off them perhaps a little bit to uh, to draft someone in the first round. You know your Kincaid's, your Myers, your um Darnell Washington's, your whoever it might be, and and also, um, it's a it's a testament to the to the depth of tight end in this draft. Would you say that they can maybe wait to the second, perhaps even the third, um to take a tight end? I agree.
2: I agree. And but Paul, I, with with that said, if Mayor, if Michael Mayer slides to 28 you got to think about it I'm not saying you make that pick um but if if it's like all right well on your big board your top 50. do you have mayor graded ahead of wh- whoever else that you're considering the corner the tackle or whatever one one of those tight ends might slide it's funny you know there there's always one that for whatever reason he he ends up sliding um and and the Bengals are in a position where they could make that move and like a Darnell Washington out of Georgia at 6'6, 270. I mean, you know, crazy. Um mm-hmm. it, it's it's almost like having a a third tackle that can run routes and catch a football. You know, I mean it's a is a he's a big old uh, a, a big old beast. There's there are no two ways about it. But um it's it's gonna be a, a very interesting draft and uh I I'm I'm anxious to see. But like you said, there's depth at tight end. Uh there's I, I don't think I don't think it's as deep at wide receiver, but there are some good ones. There are always are some good ones. Mm-hmm. If, and maybe maybe the Bengals decide, you know what? If somebody's desperate, um, that, that they've got a, a, somebody slid, and there they are at twenty eight, and that player's still there, and the Bengals are like, I'm okay with taking this guy at twenty eight, but if I can get another, you know, late two or early third round pick and move back, but that always we always talk about that and, and th- 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 those those kind of things could be in play. there's mm. no question but like you said, uh, tight end prospects, Kincaid, mayor, uh, Musgrave, um, Washington, Laporta, uh, Kraft, Wiley out of University of Cincinnati. I mean there, there are there are 10 tight ends that could be drafted in the in the first two days in the top three rounds, 10 of them mm. potentially. So yeah, to your point, maybe it will be a day two selection instead of a day one selection at that tight end position. Very, very possibly could happen.
0: I want to talk about your uh, specialist position or positions, position group, I should say. Offensive line. It feels now, if anybody listens to In the Trenches, you probably heard Dave salivate quite sexily about (laughs) the Orlando Brown signing, It's safe to say you were pretty happy with that. And I think most Bengals fans were. Didn't see it coming. What an addition, right? Um, But there does seem to be some unresolved matters at right tackle. Um, Where do you see that position at the moment? Obviously, Lael Collins is injured, not guaranteed to start, probably won't, probably maybe for a month or two, into the season he he won't be coming back that's my speculation only um they signed cody ford came out straight away and said he's a right tackle they have jackson carmen whatever you think of jackson carmen he performed admirably at the end of last season right when he came in and they also have jonah williams who was i don't blame the guy for being pissed off about being told right you're off to right tackle after being a starter for four years at, at left tackle but neither do I blame the Bengals for picking up someone like Orlando Brown when it, he was presented to them on a plate. a pretty massive plate, I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> but um, where do you see that? It feels a bit unresolved at that right tackle position, and obviously it could influence the draft. A lot of people talking about Darnell Wright, Dowan Jones, all those, you know, the big guys. Um, what do you think what's what where's your money on what's 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 going to happen at that right tackle position and is that yeah. something related going back to the relating it back to the draft i mean those guys might be certainly Jones I think but you know someone like a Darnell Wright might be there at the end of the uh first round so what, what what's your
2: hunch on that one Dave well you, you're you're exactly right it, it's a uh, it's a derby at the right tackle position there, there are no, there are no two ways about it. Um, there's going to be a lot of, a lot of guys competing for that spot. And there's going to be, you know, guys that, okay, you need a swing tackle. Uh, you, you're going to need, uh, uh, you know, guys that can play inside and outside guardian tackle, but the starters, the, the, the impressive thing to me, and we talked about it uh, a few times on in the trenches uh, podcast that you're referencing Three of the Bengals' starting five offensive linemen are Super Bowl champions. Orlando Brown, Ted Karras at center, with two with the New England Patriots, two rings, Alex Kapp at right guard. Three out of the five. And not, you know, okay, well, you say, oh, well, man, Kansas City Chiefs, three of their five starting offensive linemen are Super Bowl winners as well. The Bengals have three starting offensive linemen from different teams that won a Super Bowl, that is pretty extraordinary, it really is. And they saw it done in different ways, different philosophies organizationally, but the common denominator is they know what it takes to win the big game, and and they've experienced it. And there's nothing like having that type of experience. So four out of the five, uh, three out of the five offensive line positions are being manned by Super Bowl champions. Orlando Brown has uh, is, is been to four straight Pro Bowls, the only offensive tackle that can make that claim. There's center and guard uh, players that have done it, multiple, but there's only one tackle, and that's Orlando Brown. Four straight years, a Pro Bowl player. So when he was available and, and agreeable to the terms and conditions they were talking about, I, I think everybody was like, What? Are you kidding me? Out of the blue, Orlando Brown, you talk about an ability to pivot and uh, be patient and pivot, and, and they get it done. They get it, they get him signed. But, yeah, Jonah Williams is a quality player. Cody Ford, don't sleep on him. He came out of uh, Oklahoma as a second-round pick. Orlando Brown was a third-round pick when he came out of Oklahoma. Cody Ford came out as a, as a second-round pick, big, powerful kid. Uh, he's going to throw his hat in the ring. At that that right tackle derby, and and then you know you you got a a young player, fourth round draft pick, playing the left guard position, Cordell Volson, that made all rookie teams. So they're they're in pretty pretty good shape up front, Uh, and and it's going to be interesting to see how that battle plays out. Who ends up starting at right tackle? Who ends up being the swing tackle, which is highly important position, and the interior guys, the other guys the player number 7 and 8 that they dress on game day who's the one Trey Hill can play multiple positions inside other guys can do it it's going to be a very very competitive training camp for that uh you know for a few spots they they've got they've got four positions that are pretty much salted away but that right tackle position the swing tackle position backing up at both left and right tackle and uh backup interior guys who can play multiple positions inside that derby is going to rage on for the entire duration of training camp.
0: I bet you cannot wait to see those big guys going at it in training camp, can, can't you? I bet you can't wait. Goodness me. I'm, I'm um, ready. I'm ready. <laughs> you are You were born ready for that tussle. <laughs> I know it. Um, I want to ask you about running back because, again, there seems to be a little bit of uh, – you know, obviously we lost Samajé Ryan, who I think – was a terrific player, I have to say. Um, there seems to be some uh, speculation flying and floating around Joe Mixon from various different angles. Um, what's your, What are your thoughts on taking a running back in the first round? Um, you know, a lot of players, are sorry, a lot of fans are campaigning. If he's there, probably won't be, let's face it. But if someone like a Bijan Robinson is there someone like a Jemiah Gibbs is there and then into the second round you've got Charbonnet and all the I mean it's a pretty deep class of running backs actually I have to say but I you know philosophically I guess what what are your thoughts on drafting a running back in the in the first round you again you can see both arguments is it good value but then if you if someone like a Bijan Robinson presents himself to you do you can't refuse that right but so yeah i'm just interested where you sit on that uh, approach to to drafting running backs in the first round
2: yeah i mean if bijan robinson slides to 28 i mean i agree with you paul he's he's a a unique talent he's a special talent right Um, i i I, you'd, you'd you'd be very tempted and honestly you know like you said joe joe's nixon's dealing with some off the field issues now uh, from a legal standpoint, that have to resolve themselves, um, and then to me, it's like, all right, you're looking at a pretty hefty contract, and I think they're going to ask you all to take a haircut, and mm-hmm. that's never a pleasant thing. Uh, and you know, a player says, "I negotiated this contract in good faith. I expect you to honor the contract and all the things that go along with it." And the Bengals have a very, very strong history of doing that, but in this situation. You know, it might. You know, it, you're in a, you're in a scenario where you 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 got to pay Joe Burrow. I mean, we just find out today that uh, you mm-hmm, know Hearst yeah. just got 50 million, $51 dollars million a year. I mean, two hundred fifty five million dollars over five years, two hundred seventy nine million of it guaranteed, Paul. What? I thought I'd never that's, seen that's, money that's, like that. Al- that's
0: almost as much as First Star Logistics pay you, right? <laughs>
2: crazy it's crazy i mean i thought if a guy made 50 million dollars in his career how lucky <laughs> is that dude these guys are making it a year 50 million dollars a year on an average basis on all, on these contracts but so you know you're looking at the joe Burrow negotiation you're looking at uh, you know trying to get something done with logan wilson something done with t higgins you know those 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 are the big 3 you know this year so <laughs> You know, it's like Joe and, and his representation, they're going to have to figure, all right, is it, is it wise to restructure a deal with the Bengals and maybe take a little bit of a cut? Or say, can't do it, and the Bengals wave me, and what kind of a market is there out there? And then yeah. are you looking at less money than what the Bengals are talking about? The Bengals aren't saying, I'm done with you, Joe. What they're saying is, we need to adjust this a little bit. We still want you as a player. We still like you as a player but salary cap issues are upon us and we have to get something figured out here and we want to be fair to you and uh, as, as fair to you as we can. We want to keep you. I mean, it, I, I think I think something like that may occur. And then Trayvon Williams uh, just re-upped another, another year and he he played well uh, down the stretch for him and very, very bright guy. Led the uh, SEC in rushing his senior year at Texas A&M. That's a, that's a pretty darn good conference to lead the league in rushing so he's he's uh proven himself to be a a good player it is it's going to be very interesting to see uh what they do at some point you got to figure they're going to draft a running back first round i mean if bijan robinson is one of those i'll guarantee you, if he's there and there are other players he's got to be in the conversation he's got to be in the mix that kid is he's very special
0: and also dare i say i think um you know joe mixon's alleged shall we say at this moment in time right. um off the field issues i mean that takes a bit of leverage away from mixon in any any in any kind of conversation about wages or extensions or whatever i think um but let's let's talk about i want, want got a couple of questions left dave um now i don't think you can get enough cornerbacks I don't think, you know, both trenches are always kind of good to to look at defensive line and and offensive line always to to add talent and depth and perhaps starting um, real impact players. You know, Um, is there any position group that, you know, you're on Twitter, you see all us fans go nuts over mock drafts and we're all idiots and we go mad and, you know, all (laughs) the rest of it. Um, is there any position group where you're thinking hmm, they're not they're not really looking at that, and they should be any any kind of un um, unheralded position groups? You think the Bengals may be looking at that, perhaps you've you've not seen many
2: people address yet. You, you know what's interesting is as you're putting the, the whole team together too. Uh, you look at the Bengals have a very very highly paid defensive line. They're starting four is amongst the highest paid starting four defensive line group in the national football league. Yeah. And then they just re up Pratt. They're trying to re up Logan Wilson, you know, and, and now they got younger and less expensive at the safety position. That's why in my mind, it's almost like he's, as I'm looking at my salary cap, as I'm looking at contracts that are, I'm trying to get done contracts in future I need to draft some, defensive rookies because I need some rookie deals on the defensive side of the football Mm. because the offense they're going to have a mega deal done trying to get done with Joe Burrow you're going to be paying at least one possibly two wide receivers very very healthily you look at the uh the offensive line the last two years in free agency they've paid they've paid they've paid for the trenches they've paid their defensive line uh DJ reader in free agency and other guys that you know, they get B.J. Hill in a trade, and they give him another contract and pay him handsomely. Uh, Trey Hendrickson they pick up. They draft Sam Hubbard. I mean, it's, it's a there, but they're paying that defensive line pretty darn well. The offensive line, Orlando Brown, L.C., they gave good money to. Kappa in free agency. Karras in free agency. The only rookie contract is Volson, you know, who started as a rookie. So at some point, you have to think, I have to draft rookies that can project to play at these position groups because I'm so expensive and salary cap becomes a, a big issue, a big factor in in how you're putting the team together. You can't, unfortunately you can't pay everybody, you know? So I think you'd look at it and say defensively, some of the early picks in the draft, they may be, uh, they may be defensive oriented because of, uh, You've got to have some rookie contracts on that defensive side of the football. Not to say yeah. you don't need it offensively as well, as we said, but uh you know that yes. that's 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 always a factor. It's like, who do you think you're gonna lose? Like I was saying, um, you draft two safeties because two of them moved on. You know, Bates and Bell did indeed move on. Now yeah. it's like, okay, how high do I draft that another wide receiver? I need a fourth wide out because one of my top three might be moving on got to get that fourth guy ready to be a third guy. All of those things, as you're looking, that's why I'm saying it's not just 2023, it's 2024, 2025. I mean, you have to project out more than just one year when you're addressing free agency in the draft and trying to put it together. It's a a massive puzzle.
0: Yeah, you're right. I mean, who's going to be the next DJ Reader? I'm a huge fan of DJ. I want him to stay, but... I mean, how are you going to do it? You know, he's one of the premier nose tackles in the league. Who's going to be the next Tyler Boyd? You know. Um, anyway, those questions. I mean, that's why I'm not Duke Tobin, quite frankly. And thank goodness <laughs> I'm not. Um, uh, just to round this off, just give us a couple of players, Dave, that you got that you you particularly like. I mean, I'm not going to ask you. You'll probably reveal who you think the Bengals will draft on your own uh, podcast. But
2: give us a couple that you particularly like. Well, I mean, if I at at the tight end position, I really like Michael Mayer, and and I'm not sure, you know, that they're going to go there. If even if he is there at 28, I'm not sure they take him. Um, But six five, about 250 pounds, he doesn't drop anything. Paul, I don't think I've seen the guy drop a pass in all the all the tape I've looked at. He is sure-handed. Local kid played his high school football right across the river from Paycor Stadium. in Covington Catholic and uh, over at Northern Kentucky, I mean, there's there's a lot of uh, you know a lot of reasons to like him. Um, they're, they're like the, but there are other other tight ends. Um, cornerback position, I think there's going to be a run, you know, at the cornerback position. But man, if for whatever reason Joey Porter Jr. is there, this guy has got an 80 inch wingspan. He's got uh, his hands are over 10 inches. The width. Of, he's a big, long. Uh, talented. His dad played in the National Football League for a bunch of years. I mean, he played. His in- dad's name should not be mentioned on this podcast, <laughs> That's, <though>. right. that's <laughs> exactly right. But I, and I don't think I don't think he's going to be there. But I mean, if yeah. Deontay Banks is there from Maryland, I mean, that's another guy that it would be great to to think about having a guy like that at number twenty eight. Uh, offensive tackles. I think Scaroni is going to be gone. Um, you, you know, Paris Johnson. I think will be gone. But if he's not you got to think about a guy like that, uh, uh, Anton Harrison out of Oklahoma, a uh, very athletic guy coming out as a junior. Broderick Jones is a massive man out of Georgia. And and you've got a couple of guys well over 300 pounds that ran better than five flat 40s, you know, and they have an 84-inch wingspan. I mean, these guys are genetic freaks. It's unbelievable. Cody Mock out of North Dakota State. I really like that kid. Uh, he's a sixth-year senior. He's an experienced guy, an older guy, athletic. Uh, he, he, he's a physical kid. Darnell Wright, you mentioned out of Tennessee, I believe. Uh, I think he's got functional strength. It's like a brick wall. Uh, watching watching this kid pass protect. There's, I mean, I, I could see I could see an offensive tackle, another one to get in the mix there, a young guy with a rookie contract. I could see a cornerback with a rookie contract being taken in the first round. Uh, If a if a tight end is there that they don't that they never thought was going to be there at twenty eight, you got to think that guy would be in the mix. It's a it's a hodgepodge. It really is, Paul. It's a it's a tough one. You don't know when the runs are going to be made and how they're going to be made. But uh, they they are going to get a good football player. There's no question about that. Just a matter of which one it is.
0: Yeah, I've been saying it on the podcast in previous episodes. I have literally no idea which way they're going to go and that makes it exciting right that makes it exciting and they have you know they've got their board they have their plans and they they'll stick to them but yeah as fans it's really difficult to predict um Dave before you go um um you've been on you've been very generous for your time as ever um I wanted to ask you uh, 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 listeners to our podcast have heard me talk about a man called Coy Bacon and you play with Coy Bacon just to fill, just to remind listeners, he was a um, sadly no longer with us, but right. um, uh, defensive end, I think he only played with you on your team in that 76 season. Correct me if I'm wrong. And you had a really bloody good team that, that year and, um, and he recorded i believe 21 and a half sacks yeah. unofficially because sacks weren't officially recorded until you know when, when was it the early mid 80s something like that yeah um, i think the eighties. Yeah. so he was a special guy but he was only there for a very short while i'm always i'm always intrigued by legends and what these guys were like had the immense privilege to talk to a bunch of them on this podcast um what was coy bacon like a as a player and b as as a man as a teammate
2: well yeah, you you've hit on a guy and and this is another position group paul i guess that we have to discuss if an edge rush guy becomes yeah. available at 28 a guy that you never thought was going to be there with the 28th pick in the draft and somebody that can affect the quarterback you know like a good you can never have enough good edge rush guys or cover guys in the back end any defense coordinator will tell you that And if if the best option is a pass rusher at number 28 for the Bengals, I would have no problem if they went there as well. And Coy Bacon Paul was unbelievable as a pass rusher. He had innate natural ability to rush the passer. He rolled out of the out of bed every day, probably rolled out of his crib as an infant with the ability to rush the passer. I mean, this guy had everything he did was always gaining ground toward the quarterback. A lot of guys will shimmy and shake and they're standing in place. Coy Bacon had a lot of wiggle and as he was wiggling, he was always advancing. And so it was a, it was like, "Oh, here he comes." And man, is he going inside or outside? I don't know what's going on with Coy Bacon. I mean, he had an unbelievable ability to shrink a pocket. He was physical. He was a big defensive end. So he could squeeze the pocket speed rush up the football field he could do anything as a pass rusher he I, i'd say in my experience as a player and watching the game as a, from a broadcast standpoint he was probably the most natural pass rusher i think i've seen he just had that kind of innate feel and instinct and ability to pressure a quarterback he was he was remarkable um and you know as a uh, as a teammate uh, he w- he was a guy that wanted to have fun uh he liked his adult beverage sometimes a little too much <laughs> just like a lot of us i guess but uh he, he he enjoyed life and 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 sadly his was taken way too soon i mean the late great Coy bacon was uh was a very special football player who just absolutely uh <laughs> he loved being a, a professional football player. He loved playing in the national football league and he was a special one, man.
0: And, and why, why, why did he, why wasn't he there for a good couple of years? Why only one or two? Well, I think it was just a season or so.
2: Why? why, what's the story there? Yeah, it was just, you know, money. <laughs> That's ah, okay, what bro. it boils down yeah. to. Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, disagreement in that regard, what, what, what everybody's worth is. And, mm. um, but he, The the one thing the one thing the knock that I guess probably coaches would have had about Coy is, Coy wanted to rush the passer every down,
0: and sometimes
2: sometimes sometimes you have to anchor that run a little bit and not blow up the football field and give up a gap, give up a lane, and uh, you know that was the only only complaint I think that probably coaches that uh, that coached him as defensive line coach or defensive coordinator wanted to make sure that you know I don't. Don't rush the pass for every snap. You have a, a responsibility here in this specific uh, schematic to stop the run where you're supposed to two-gap right here and don't be ripping up the field looking for quarterback sacks. So that was probably the only negative.
0: So discipline wasn't his strong point, but he was born to pass rush, basically.
2: No doubt. He was born to rush. <laughs> no doubt about it. But, yes. uh, yeah, discipline, not a forte. Good good okay. way to put it, Dave,
0: thank you so much for sticking around and answering my silly questions about Bengals Legends. Um, We've kept you on for far too long, but, you know, every year I do look forward to these conversations. And seriously, man, don't ever change. Uh, Listeners, I often or occasionally email Dave when he says something and has a turn of phrase on his podcast. And I'm like, what the hell does that mean, Dave? It's a brilliant phrase. And I incorporate it into my own life. So um, don't go changing, please, Dave. You've been brilliant continue to be brilliant and um we wish you well and to have a great season coming up
2: Paul thanks so much and uh you know thanks thanks so much on behalf of the Cincinnati Bengals for being the ambassador that you've been for the Cincinnati Bengals franchise uh in the uh in the beautiful country of England and the lovely city uh, city of London so uh it's you're an amazing guy and uh I'll tell you what Nobody works harder at it than you do. I mean, you are you are a football purist, my man. I enjoy conversation with you all the time.
0: Good man. I will send you those that ten dollars in the mail. Thank you for all <laughs> uh, those compliments, Dave. We may see you in London. Who knows this year? Who knows? But until yeah. then, uh, we'll speak to you soon. Thanks again, Dave.
2: Have the best day you ever had, sir.
0: There we go. That is the incomparable Dave Lapham, and uh, he's on great form Nathan wasn't he he was um, he's full of vim and spunk I would say Um, sorry say again isn't he always well he is and it's uh, all joking aside and maybe that was a poor choice of words to describe him but he's so nice and so open and friendly and you know um yeah, just does a fabulous job, I think. Um, and of course, I mentioned uh, Dave's podcast in the trenches with Dave Lapham, and uh, follow him on on Twitter if you don't at dl in the trenches. And uh, you, he, as I say, he he bangs them out like three a week. Brilliant guests, really annoyingly brilliant guests, I have to say. Um, but he was he was very interesting there. He made the point that. Um, you know, with all these big offensive signings coming up, the the money's going into the offence, So now it's time to recycle the defence. Defensive line, um, you know, edge rushers, pass rushers, sorry, edge rushers, interior pass rushers, and I'd certainly agree with interior pass rushers because I think that's what we kind of missed a little bit. As good as B.J. Hill was last year... And I think he did play really well, especially in the back half of the season. Um, we did miss Joby's sacks. Now sacks aren't everything, and you know the Bengals do like to play a bit of a containing game back there, keeping the court- these mobile quarterbacks in the pocket. So sacks aren't everything, but we did miss those pr- that pressure from Joby. Carter came on. Zach Carter came on as the season went on as a rookie. Um, but I do think we need a bit of juice inside. And, so mate. And of course, DJ Reed's contract is coming up at the end of this year as well. Logan Wilson coming up at the end of this year. ADG coming up at the end of this year. Um, it's going a
1: pretty awful off-season, isn't it, next year? year oh, yeah.
0: man, yeah. There's going to be some... I mean, as everyone knows, I love DJ. I don't want to see him go. I think he's absolutely sensational. There was some geezer put a, a few clips of DJ Reed. Did you know when he kind of just takes on double teams and just oh, okay. uh, just unbelievable what he does i think this guy called it the corkscrew move but i think it's a dj reader special he gets while he's being pushed backwards and he's pushing forward he gets down on one knee and kind of almost kind of makes the other guy kind of miss and then oh, it's just amazing to watch really amazing uh so you know but will they pay DJ Reader next year? I mean, it's the unlikely, gym. you know,
1: so... DJ Reader as well, like, I mean, I would, you know, love him back. But what you got to consider is he's going to be 29 this year. Exactly. That's where it gets a little bit hairy, doesn't it? You know, he's had a couple of injuries in the past. I mean, you, you know, in terms of his work ethic and his ability right this second, fantastic. But you sign him up to a multi-year deal when he gets into his early to mid-30s like me... And that's when it all falls off a cliff, doesn't it? Uh. <laughs> I mean, to be honest with you, I'm
0: surprised that we've offered you. This podcast has offered you a new contract. To be honest with you, Nathan, but um, um, yeah, I mean, oh, it sucks, doesn't it? When your favourite players have to go, and you know they have to go because it just makes sense for them to business sense, you know, oh, it just sucks, doesn't it? It just really, really sucks. I love Cheeto. Will he be back? Unlikely. Will DJ be Abiburat? I don't know. Uh, maybe for. A, I mean, what I will say is, I reckon the Bengals will have their price, and the same with with Bates and Bell, because they're a sort of certainly, you know. I mean, as you say, DJ's twenty nine, and they'll have a set price, and they're not gonna they're not gonna budge from that. So it's up to DJ really if they want to sign him for another couple of years, a year. I don't know, but okay, say again. Franchise tag him. God, I don't know, man. Depending on how much the uh, the going rate is for a defensive tackle, I don't know what that would be without looking it up. So, I don't know. All I'm saying is, there's lots of tough decisions and to to make. And uh, so, yeah, like Dave said, you know, it's it's almost worth restocking um positions
1: now to get people ready for next
0: next year you know um
2: how much
1: do you think i mean in my uneducated fan perspective i just have got into slightly panicked state of like we need to win now before yeah. Bob's contract sort of kicks in in full effect and before you know the same with jamar chase he's going to want probably you know, number one in the league, certainly top three receiver money. Joe Boy is going to get a crazy deal, a bit like Jalen Hurts got the other day. So,
0: fifty one million a year average. I think it's a hundred and seventy nine guaranteed. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, goodness me, that's that's a lot of money, isn't it? But you know, worth it. And but then again, you've got to work around that. You know,
1: well, I, no, that's what I mean. We're in a position now where we can be. You know, we've got we've probably got in terms of, like, you know, we're paying them all and everything, the most talent we'll ever have on this team in terms of, you know, how deep it runs across the board. I mean, there's not necessarily on the defensive side any, like, absolute mega stars, but, you know, we have got some very good talent there, and you think the end of next season with all those contracts coming mm. up, Ogun Wilson, DJ Reader, Jamar Che, you know, all these people that, you know, are going gonna, gonna to come up and you need, you need to let them sign. You just think, oh, God, like... You know, it kind of makes me think now it's like, we just need to throw the kitchen sink at it, you know, this year in the draft, whatever it might be, mortgage some capital just to keep sort of being aggressive as we can. You know, does that look like trades? What You know, I don't care what it looks like, but it just makes me sort of feel like, you know, you look at what the Rams did, you know, they just went all in. They just threw money where they needed to mid-season, trades, everything. And I just hope the Bengals, you know, don't get into a sort of, make sure next year's OK approach, which they sometimes can get into with it. But Almost. I
0: also think that's, a, that's just sound roster construction that management. Man. I, well, but I, th- I think there's got to be a mixture, right? Like you said, there is the window wide open now, so you want someone to to push us over the edge, but you also want to start a We haven't even mentioned Tyler Boyd yet. He's at the end of his contract next year. Do so yeah. they go after another slot receiver to kind of get him into the mix. I mean I think it's just a mixture I really do and I think you can you can do that with seven picks um, I think but
1: you can I, I'm just making the point that like you know if you're just sort of a, an average sort of roster you might be wanting to think about like you know the next year and make sure you're future planning you're being efficient and there's no reason that you you know you don't want to future plans you don't want to completely you know mortgage the house and then you know you've got nothing left that um at the end of it, you know, a bit like the Rams have done now, they're starting to, you know, look a little bit thin and they weren't competitive last season. I think it'd be very difficult for them to be competitive, you know, moving forward with what they've done. But I I just want us to go all in as much as we can this year. And, you know, rather than necessarily, like, oh, you know, let's make sure we've got a player for next year when someone leaves, it's like, no, no, just try and win now. And try and get someone who will make an immediate impact, you know. However, that might look, just to make us the best possible team we can be next year, rather than worrying about two, three years time and succession plans. And I know you've got to do that, but I'm just making the point that you know, perhaps let that theory rest a little bit. Um, mm.
0: Oh, it's all interesting stuff. I still don't know what they're going to do. Who knows? So this is actually going to be quite an exciting draft. There's so many theories out there about which way the Bengals will go. I I can't wait to see where they're going to go. I think you know. I think I trust them. I think they've had a couple of good drafts. I think they're going to pick up some good players. But anyway, um, should we play the name game, Nathan?
1: You're looking oh. forward to this a lot. Right.
0: Um, so you're going to ask me first, right?
1: Yes, I'm. going And ask as you.
0: ever, how many names have you got?
1: Uh, sixteen. Bloody hell.
0: Okay. So how many have I got to get? Okay, but basically the winner. I haven't got sixteen. I've got ten. So um
1: you're half arsing it on this show, so don't you? You know, sixteen is a nice, friendly amount for for the listeners. But you've got, you just to... all
0: right. Go on then. I can make it up to sixteen. Don't worry. Go on then. So basically, the winner, the basically the winner again, uh, gets to buy the loser pints. Okay, a Singapore sling, or well,
1: yeah, or a Singapore sling.
0: Go right. f- go on. Go on then. First,
1: first man is he real or is he fake? Hendon Hooker. That's real You're correct son One on one Second player Real or fake Bao St Leonard <laughs> That is uh, That's fake You're correct Two out of two Player number three Real or fake Johnny Gower Rudman Johnny who? Gower Rudman
0: There's a lot of double barrel names about Knocking about this is Isn't there? I'll go yes it's
1: fake. So you're two and one. Okay. He's actually a player on my football manager game. Oh, there, you go. there you go. There you go. Made up by the football manager engine, but yeah, good player. <laughs> player four. Go on. Admiral Mulligan. Admiral M- who? Admiral Mulligan. Uh, true. No, false. Oof. So you're two and two. Okay. Player number five, Simon Barnes. <laughs>
0: fake it's so real it, it's so boring It's it's got to be fake <laughs>
1: it is fake oh yes next one Marmaduke Panache oh I recognise this name real no fake ah. right so so far you're four three, three. no three three I've got yep yeah, okay yep yeah. next player Henry Tutu that's real yes from Alabama um, next player Carrington Valentine true the Bengals have uh, had him in for a visit there you go I, I, I put that in more because it's just a ridiculously I, uh, it's,
0: do you know what Carrington Valentine sounds like he sounds like some sort of spy in a in a like real smooth guy spy I think
1: yeah exactly uh, detective shows yeah, the, spot. yeah. Um, the next player Juice Scruggs that is true yeah, that's an unbelievable name that is as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Next player, Suplex Montague. Oh, fuck off! That's false. That <laughs> <laughs> is false indeed. The next player, Atlas O'Donoghue.
0: Oh, that could be true, but uh, I'm going to say true. It's false. Ah,
1: it's a good name. It's not many left now. We're down to the last six. Lazarus Williams. False. No, it's true. Um, next one, Juan Carlos Santana. False. No, it's true. Oh, You're I'm having f- a
0: nightmare back end of this,
1: aren't I? Go on. Next one, Habakkuk Baldonado. That is true. Yes, it is indeed Defense true. Defensive
0: end from Pittsburgh, I
1: believe. Oh, I know him. The next one, Servokia Dennis. That is true. Yeah, oh, he's, vague. he's just getting his... his finally,
0: sna- coming in strong here.
1: Next one, Bumper Paul. That is also true. Oh, you're back in saying you've had such a strong finish here. It's like the Bengals last year. And finally, the last player, Sidy so. so. I'll go true. And you're right. There really? You go.
0: Oh. So I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten... Of 16, you've got to
1: be... Hey, t- I've got to give you that.
0: OK. Right, are you ready for mine?
1: Yes, I am, indeed.
0: Right, number one. Kenny Digleash. False. That is true. Butch Vig. <laughs> false. That is false. He's actually uh, a music producer. Juice Nirvana's Nevermind, 1998. But uh, anyway, show my head. Mac Hippenhammer. False. That is true. Cornerback from Miami, Ohio. Uh, Trajan Jeffcoat. True. That is true. He's a defensive end. Tommy Brownstein. False. <laughs> That's true. Really? Yeah, that is true sorry no no. I mean it's true that it's false I should stop oh, saying that so. that's what I was going to say no I say from now on if you get it right I've got to say you're right okay uh, Josiah Obanshi
1: true
0: you're wrong it's false uh. princely Uman Milan. <laughs> true that is true he's a defensive end from Florida Johnny Lumpkin False. No. He, it's a tight end. Bengals have, have, uh, have met him. Simon Sponge.
1: False. You are right. It's not a very American name, Simon, is it?
0: No, it's not, is it really? Uh, a bit like Graham, I think.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, Smoke Harris. True. Correct. Panos Panine. False. You are right. He's the owner of a chip shop in the town that I live in, panels <laughs> per nine, <laughs> a fish and chip shop. Uh, Savell Smalls. True. Correct. Defensive end out of Washington. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. You've only got to get two more left to win.
1: It's exciting times. It's mainly defensive ends I feel like with these fantastic. Yeah,
0: they're all nutters, aren't yeah. they, with weird names.
1: Nehemiah Pritchett.
0: True. Correct. Tied for the lead. Hold on. One, two, three. Yep, one to win. Megary O'Marison. <laughs> Definitely
1: false.
0: That is correct. Dejinxer Logan Sin. <laughs> but it has to be false. Correct. And the final one Rashad Wisdom true that is true It's a safety from utsa nathan you are the winner congratulations
1: thank you very much my son it's a great honor so to in the
0: great game the big game that was in the battle that was a game merely in the battle you are two on ahead
1: there we go this uh this absolute furious encounter rolls on
0: indeed it is a furious back and forth
1: right uh Gosh same game this year I think the names in the United States are just getting better and better I mean, oh yeah
0: they're amazing aren't they just amazing yeah a bit better than Paul Hirons and Nathan Palmer isn't it really I think
2: I know, I
1: know. Um, what are our mothers thinking I know,
0: I'm going to have to have a word might have to get down the deed poll office to change mine to uh, Simon Sponge or something like that um, right uh, we will be back next week Joe Goodbury is going to be here Uh, talking as he does about things that he knows about. So do tune in for that. That's uh, always fun to have Joe on the show once a year. Everyone wants a piece of him uh, around this time and um, it's so great that he carves out a bit of that time for us. Uh, We're going to play the either or game next week and give you uh, five players that uh, we want to see the Bengals draft and then our five players that we think the Bengals would draft, because there are subtle differences there. So take care of yourselves. Spring is springing in the UK at the moment. There's some lovely weather, and uh, there's blossoms on the trees, and it's almost cricket Well, it is cricket season. Um, Bring it on, that's what I say. Uh, But until that time, I will say to you now, from my mouth, it's a who day from me.
1: And a who day from me. Cheers, guys.